a revolutionary baby monitor is born. I want to introduce you to a brand new baby monitor, Massimo Stork. Massimo Stork Baby Monitor tracks health indicators so you can get to know your baby better. Track your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and skin temperature with the high-resolution video and clear two-way audio from the Stork app. While Massimo Stork Baby Monitor is new, Massimo Signal Extraction Technology, or SET to be exact, has been trusted in hospitals for over 25 years. In fact, 9 out of 10 top U.S. hospitals, as ranked in the 2022-2023 U.S. News & World Report, uses Massimo SET as their primary pulse oximetry technology. Now, this technology is available for families at home, empowering confident parenting. Go to Massimo Stork to learn more. Please remember, Mosmo Stork is not meant to be used as a medical device. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg. I'm your host for Yoga Birth Babies. And today we have a community birth story. Oh, what an empowering birth story it is. And it's what a trajectory um, our guest had um, between finding out she was pregnant and looking into the birth world and making decisions and owning her birth. And she really opens up um, about being vulnerable. And so I have one of our teach our past teacher trainees, Hedy. Okay, I'm going to try to say her last name without butchering it. Yankovic. Sorry, Eddie. I totally, I tried. I wrote it phonetically. I totally butchered it, um, but not my best moment. But Hetty, she and I've watched her whole pregnancy. I actually, I believe I was the first person she told she was pregnant at four weeks. And then she did part of our teacher training. Well, not part. She did our whole teacher training. And then she went off to have her baby. And it was amazing watching this and watching her grow and learn. And I felt so honored that she then shared her birth story on Yoga Birth Babies because it was empowering. And she also really opened up about some of the challenges that she faced and she gave some great advice. So thank you so much for listening to this. And then every podcast I've been saying this, but if you're interested in our teacher training, check out our website, prenatalyogacenter.com. I have information about the teacher training as well about my online course, Who's Afraid of the Pregnant Yogi? So you've been hearing me saying it over and over, so I won't go into all the details, but check it out. And without further ado, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back and talk to Hetty. A revolutionary baby monitor is born. I want to introduce you to a brand new baby monitor, Massimo Stork. Massimo Stork Baby Monitor tracks health indicators so you can get to know your baby better. Track your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and skin temperature with the high-resolution video and clear two-way audio from the Stork app. While Massimo Stork Baby Monitor is new, Massimo Signal Extraction Technology, or SET to be exact, has been trusted in hospitals for over 25 years. In fact, 9 out of 10 top U.S. hospitals, as ranked in the 2022-2023 U.S. News & World Report, uses Massimo SET as their primary pulse oximetry technology. Now, this technology is available for families at home, empowering confident parenting. Go to Massimo Stork to learn more. Please remember, Mosmo Stork is not meant to be used as a medical device.
Hi, Hetty. I am so excited to speak with you. How are you? I'm great. So excited to be here. <laughs> I know. I have to admit, I love the community podcast. I just did one this morning that was pretty, um, you would actually like it. It was about uh, the Franklin technique and the, uh, the abdominal oh. muscles and pelvic floors. I'm sure you like it, but I can switch more to like just two mama talking brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, I know. which is really fun. So I'm super excited. So listeners, let me give you a little heads up. So I've known Hetty since she just found out she was pregnant and she now has, how old's your son? He is three months. I can't believe it. Cause I think, <laughs> I, and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm one of the first people that found out you were pregnant, right? You are. I called, <laughs> I called to sign up for the training the day I found out that I was pregnant. So it was like, uh, I I just have to tell you, you're the first person I'm telling, but I am pregnant. Is that okay? You were like, oh my God, you were very Yeah. So for me. for me, this is super, again, I'm not trying to be selfish, but for me, this is so exciting because <laughs> I've seen you through this trajectory of like, okay, I'm pregnant and, mm-hmm. and now you're learning all this stuff and then you're having a baby and now you're on, on the mamahood side. So I'm just, I'm so dying to jump into just to hear about everything. So before we get into your story, um, just tell our listeners a little bit about you. Sure. Um, I'm from New York, born and raised in Queens. Um, I, you were born and raised in Queens and yet you went to camp. Oh, also Hetty and I went to camp together. I don't think we're ever there at the same time, but we went to this little Jewish camp up in New um, New Hampshire. Deep in the heart of New Hampshire. Um, in <laughs> so, Amherst, Amherst, New Hampshire. Yeah. How did you find that place? It was through family friends, like friends that I grew up with. They are just very connected in the Jewish community, and that's where they wanted. Like, they their kids are the same age as me and my brother, so we just kind of followed their lead. And, and this summer, my brother's son, who's nine is going there. Oh my goodness. It's trickling down. Oh, how funny. He was, he was trying on the YJ shirt and I felt this like little like pang of jealousy. Like, my God, I had the best days of my life. Did the shirts change? They changed. Yeah. They're, they're much cooler now. (laughs) They used to with the, with the The blue collar. collar. Oh my God. I hated wearing it. <laughs> I, so I totally interrupted you because I, when you said Queens, I'm like, no. well, how did you end up in New Hampshire? I right. know, I know, <laughs> I know. This like little girl from Queens goes all the way to a Jewish cabinet, in, like five hours north, you know. Um, but yeah, so that's where I'm from, and oh my goodness, my life has been kind of all over the place. But now I landed as a yoga teacher and Franklin Method. Um, movement teacher in New York city. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I, yeah. And now I have a baby. And now <laughs> so, you're a mama. I'm a mom. Like that is definitely like number one right now. And, um, which I just, I never really knew that this would be my life. <laughs> Did you foresee yourself having kids? Uh, honestly, I really didn't. I couldn't really see it until I met my partner, my, my, the father of, of river. Um, so when I met him is when I kind of like shifted my perspective on having kids, but I never really saw it until I guess the past two years. 
Interesting. (laughs) I know. And it's funny because like, I, I have a great family. I I love my brother. He has three kids. So like I'm around really positive family lives, but I just, um, I don't know. I kind of, I I love to travel. I love my freedom. So (laughs) having kids just wasn't really on my agenda, you know? Yeah. And that definitely takes away some of the travel and the freedom. So I know your trajectory. And so, especially if you weren't really in the realm of having kids, like it's for some people, it's all they've ever wanted. Um, I was not that person personally. I was Mm. like, you know, as a performer, like kids, eh, can't really, (laughs) yeah. so I get it. And then for me, I got into the prenatal yoga and then that actually is what sparked my desire to have kids. So you know, you found out you were pregnant. You literally, I think you took the last spot and I'm like, I, I did to know today. Um, <laughs> and you jumped in into two different worlds. Like you started really studying birth while being pregnant and discovering your own pregnancy and what that meant for you. <laughs> so <laughs> there, you know, so it's a lot happening at once. So as you were diving into discovering birth, cause you know, our training's not just like, let's modify some poses. You know, it, we dive in. How yeah. do you think your perception of birth changed when you went into really <laughs> discovering the reality of the birth culture in the U.S.? Because it was probably a lot uh, to take in while you were oh, facing. yeah. <laughs> I was, I mean, I feel, I feel like I was hit by, with like a ton of bricks. <laughs> you know, like when I started the training, I, and actually I was really interested in the training because of the childbirth ed part of it, like that it's such a big part. Um, and, but I, I realized as soon as we got started, how little I knew about what was about to happen to me or what was happening to me, um, both physiologically, but then the whole birth world, I had no clue. about. <laughs> I had no clue until that training. And I mean, you saw my tears. <laughs> I, I cried. I cried. I was like, what? Like, how can, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it, you know, yeah. along the interview, but I just had no idea the challenges that I was going to face to have the birth that I didn't even know I would want until the training. So it's a little ooh. scary or overwhelming just to kind of pull the yeah. curtain back. And, and I think unfortunately, I mean, you had the I'm like, I don't even know the word for it, like the perspective or the opportunity to dive into this, um, handed to you. Like we literally like, this is it. You're going to learn it. And mm-hmm. a lot of people discover the birth culture on their own through it. You know, they might not really understand it until like late in their pregnancy. Then they're like, I have no choice or my choices are mm-hmm. limited. So yeah. as scary as it could be in a sense, at least you got the, the veil pulled back kind of early. Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm so grateful because I don't know what I really, how deeply I would have dove in if it wasn't for the training. Um, I mean, just the first book I read was Ina May's book and that changes everything for me. I was like, oh my God, like I, I have to go to Tennessee. <laughs> I have to go to the farm. I can't be in a hospital. I mean, I actually came home and I said it to Gareth, to my boyfriend. I was like, what would you think about me having 
a baby in Tennessee, would you, you can learn how to farm and I'll go live with the midwives. And he was like, well, okay. Like we could talk about it, but maybe let's look at, uh, the birth center. We're doing it in, I'm like, in, I'm like, okay. Let's We're not going to cross state lines. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it did sound kind of interesting, but it, we, we worked it out. We didn't have to cross state lines to do this. Um, so yeah, the, the training opened my eyes. It really opened my eyes to, to a whole other world. And <laughs> so yeah. compared to like, so when you've, I mean, granted you literally were pregnant and then I'm like, here's the book list. So did mm-hmm. you have <laughs> some idea what of the birth, a typical, I'm going to put that in quotes, typical mm-hmm. birth, um, would be like in a hospital. And then as you were learning about it, how did those two conflict? I, to be honest, I never really thought about having a baby at home. It wasn't, I, I didn't have any, exa- I, I knew one person who had her baby at home and that was seven years ago, six or seven years ago. And I, so all I really knew about having babies was you get pregnant, you go to the hospital and either the baby comes out through your vagina or you get a C-section and then you have a baby. Like I didn't know I had options really. And I just didn't think about it. I just knew of what, you know, what I saw on TV and really like what my sister-in-law, you know, went through with her three kids and they were in hospitals. And so I didn't know that really being at home was an option, or at least I didn't really consider it. Mm-hmm. I didn't consider it for myself until I started. Until so you started really studying. So if you yes. can paint a picture, what was your, you never paint a picture, go into as many details as you want. So what was your mm. pregnancy journey like? Um, so my pregnancy, I, I felt really blessed because I had a great pregnancy. The The first trimester, um, I didn't get sick. I was tired, but I was okay. Like, I really, Gareth thinks I was a little bit mean. <laughs> but I, that's because I was tired and my hormones were shifting and stuff. But after that, like I was energized. I walked so much during my, I mean, miles a day to every class I taught, I would just walk. I had energy. I felt full of life. I, I love feeling, um, the baby kick. Um, I slept well, I ate well, (laughs) like everything was really good. Like my, my nails were growing long. My hair was growing. (laughs) I felt like, well, I loved my body, which honestly, like that was a, you know, really, um, that was really nice to feel so body positive through it and, Mm -hmm. and to be growing like bigger and loving it. Um, and so I had a great pregnancy physically, um, learning about the birth. That was also very interesting. Like I got, I dove in deep. I wanted to know everything about having a baby, like actual, actually birthing a baby, especially when I decided to have a home birth. But, um, and the, the hardest part really was like, like struggling to get what I wanted when I decided that I wanted the home birth. So that created a lot of frustration for me and a lot of tears, but I mean, all in all, it was a a great experience being pregnant, which I was kind of like waiting. I was like, when am I going to feel crappy? You know, (laughs) because I've heard so much like it, it's crappy to be pregnant. Like it feels like your back hurts, your this hurts, you're sick. And I didn't feel that. So 
That's yeah. really great. So I want to ask, because I remember there were some tears. So yes. <laughs> do you remember what that was about? I do. I um, When I decided that being at home or at least in a birthing center was the way I wanted to go, and I started calling my insurance company, um, I realized that it was not possible without shelling out a lot of money I didn't have. I mean, it would have cost out of pocket like $10,000 to do a home birth while being in a hospital would be fully covered. And I'm like, that's crazy. I would call the insurance company like every other day. I'm like, you know, it's a lot cheaper for you guys if you let me do this at home, if you pay for it. And they didn't care. I mean, they weren't. The, you know, the agent on the other line wasn't really interested in that. Um, so I, the tears were coming to terms with having to be in a hospital actually. Cause when we, when we circled up and I cried, that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to, I have to be in a hospital. There's no, there's no way around it. Um, I, I'm pretty sure that's why I was crying. Um, and in the end I, I sorted it out. I changed insurance and and I found a, a midwife that took it. So. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. <laughs> what was the tipping point that had you embrace, okay, I, I need for my mind and being in comfort I need to do, I need to start this, at least start at home. Cause you never know where birth's going to end right. at least to set the stage that'll be at home. Yeah. Um, well, you know, it's interesting because I, I guess I, I actually would have, the first choice at that point was a birth center, but then I heard all these things about, you know, you can risk out so easily and they're, they're very low on staff. And I was like, you know what, I don't want to get there and have to be, brought into L and D for no reason, you know, for like, like if I don't need to be there. So I'm like, you know what, let me do this at home. If all is going well in my pregnancy, if I have no problems, no diabetes, no this, no that, like, why not just be at home? Why would I, why get in a car <laughs> in, in the height of my labor? Why, instead of just having everyone come to me and, you know, I had to get over like a little bit of the fear factor that was that was around me a lot. You know, I would tell people I was very open about it, um, that I was going to do a home birth and I would definitely get a little pushback. (laughs) Um, but in the end, like I, I just decided that was, that's what, that was the environment I wanted to be in. I, I wanted to be in a peaceful, 
dim lit, <laughs> a quiet place. Um, and the hospital was not the place for me. Um, I think yeah. the whole thing I can relate. Um, and I've heard this and I've talked to a lot of people that at least in New York that have decided to do home birth, many of us, and I'm putting myself in that category. Mm-hmm. If there was so years ago, there was a freestanding birth center and right. it was hard to get wrist out. You know, it's not like what's right. in um, Sinai West now where it's, you know, a, a, the unicorn that gets to go in there. Right. Wouldn't it be nice to have a birth center that it wasn't about fear and anxiety? Can I get in, but truly have the home birth experience within mm-hmm. a hospital setting? That Absolutely. would be amazing. That is what I wanted. And having yeah. been a doula, I didn't trust, just like it sounds like, you, um, I saw enough people that they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to do the birth center. And then maybe 5% of those people actually got to do it. So it's just such Mm -hmm. a shame that that's not much of an option where we try to educate people about all your options to birth, at least in our area. And this is not, you know, this is many people listen to elsewhere and may have it available, but it's a huge shame that we have to be on two sides of spectrum and that we really kind of mm-hmm. lost that middle road. I, I like the middle road would have been the way to go. You know, I think, yes, there, because there is a chance something could go wrong, you know? And, you know, when I would think about that, it was a little scary, like, Oh my, like, how could I live with myself if, you know, I, I chose poorly, you know, and, and something happened to me or the baby, like, but, and so it was, kind of sucks that I had to make the decision that to be at home instead of being close to, you know, medical, Mm -hmm. um, you know, doctors, if I needed them, if I needed them. So you found, all right. So you changed insurances. (laughs) So I'm just trying to get in my head. And then you, what week were you, were you able to secure a home birth midwife? Um, let's see at 20 weeks, which uh, so around 20 weeks is when I, yes, it was 20 weeks that, um, the insurance company called me, told me they were switching me to Medicaid because I was now supporting two, me and baby. And then once they switched me, I was like, let me just look into the midwives again. And I found a few that actually took Medi- like accepted Medicaid. And I, I was through the roof. I was so excited, um, that I had options now. And then so, you had a midwife available because there yes. aren't a ton in New York. No. And so they book up quickly. Yeah. And I had a great midwife available. So who did it, you it use? Kara, Kara Mohan. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. Did birth for forever <laughs> ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's interesting, like at 20 weeks, um, I, I had a, my doctor's appointment and I had actually said to her, you know, I just, I wanted to hear what she would say, even though I, I wasn't, didn't, I was going to do what I wanted anyway <laughs> at this point, but I was like, you know, I'm considering switching to midwifery care and, um, you know, I'm doing this birth at home. And she was like, well, I'm not going to tell you you're crazy, but if you were my sister, I would tell you you're crazy. I would tell her she's crazy. I'm like, okay, I got to (laughs) go. And I just, I had them transfer the file, you know, my paperwork and that was it done. I didn't see a doctor since, since that, since that visit. Yeah. (laughs) So how did your family and friends react when you explained you'd made that shift? Um, so 
the good news is that I had done a lot of research before I really like started spreading the word so that when they had questions and they all had questions, the first thing was, are you sure it's safe? You know, and then I was able to give them some stats and my reasons behind it. Um, But once I started to explain my reasons, people got on board. The most important was to have my family on board. Mm -hmm. Gareth was on board pretty quickly. Um, but then I, I needed my parents and my brother. I just wanted them to back me up and, uh, and they were okay. Yeah. Like I sent them a lot of, um, reading to do. I'm like, don't just Google it because if you Google it, you're gonna get you some up scary things, <laughs> scary things. So I'm like, read this and this and this, and then, you know, at least you have the other side of the story. Um, and once they did, they were like, all right, we totally get it. We're, you know, we're, we support you. And, uh, and like I said, either way, I was going to do it. Right. But it's nicer to have your, your family support than have to be like, okay, I, you know, you maybe kind of get it, but then maybe passive aggressively, they're going to make comments. So I'm really glad they're on board. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like I really wanted to avoid fear. I didn't want the fear of the doctors around me at the hospitals around me. And if they're, if your family is fearful, it will it will come out, you know, and they're, you know, that's why it's really good to, to do your research so Mm -hmm. that you can back up, you know, if they're afraid, you can be like, well, (laughs) this should kind of quench that. (laughs) Yeah. Cause as the birthing person, of course you always, you know, there's going to be fear. Like you said, like to make the right choice and you don't want to have to support your fear while calming theirs. Like (laughs) they should be supporting (laughs) you. Right. And I, you know, it was, it was like my gut when I really quieted down and I asked myself what I wanted and, you know, I had a few conversations with, with the baby in the belly and I'm like, you know, can we do this? And everything was, was saying, go for it, go do the home birth. It's going to be fine. It really is going to be fine. So I just listened to that. Um, oh, and I watched call the midwife. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> every episode, every season. I'm like, oh, it's totally possible. I can right, totally do so this. So I want to hear it. Tell us about <laughs> your birth. I love a birth story. Oh my God. As, as like up until today, I think it's my favorite story of my whole <laughs> life. Just, I mean, cause it's a big thing. It's a, it's a huge a baby. Thing. I didn't really realize it until it happened. And, um, I actually had contractions the night before the baby was born. So um, let's say it was that Wednesday night. and But they were pretty mild. Like, I knew they were mild because I didn't even wake up Gareth. I, you know, felt a little pain. It felt kind of like a like a cramp. And I breathed through it. And I went back to sleep. I'm like, this isn't labor. And again, this is from knowing, like, doing my research <laughs> that I knew that, like, first-time labor – that those mild contractions, you still got a ways to go. Uh, the next day I had a few contractions, but I got my nails. I got a pedicure. (laughs) I went to the grocery shop. I walked around and it was funny. I was coming back from my last errand and it was maybe around four o'clock. It was a block away from my, from my apartment. And what this one contraction stopped me in my tracks. Like it was the first time I actually had to stop. And I was like, Ooh, (laughs) and there was a homeless man right there. And he goes, He's like, ooh, that baby's coming soon, isn't it? <laughs> I was like, it 
is. <laughs> and I was like, I think it really is coming too. So I, I got home and I, you know, I told Gareth, I'm like, listen, I'm having some more contractions, but nothing to worry about. We got time. This is, you know, first birth. We got loads of time. It couldn't be days from now. So, you know, he comes up from work and, and, uh, he starts putting some like string lights around the rooms, like in the living room, the bathroom, the bedroom, because who knows where the baby will come. And we put the cover on, under the sheets on the bed, like the plastic mattress cover. Mm-hmm. And by the time all that was done, I was starting to have more regular contractions, but I can still kind mm-hmm. of like talk through them. I actually was making soup. So like I was still okay. And I sat down, we started eating the soup and then the contractions started coming quicker and I knew that something was up when I couldn't finish my dinner because I always finish <laughs> my dinner. And I, I, they started coming on really quickly. I mean, they were maybe five or six minutes apart, like all of a sudden, like, and I, I couldn't really stand up. I was just on my knees, leaning over on, onto the couch and but I can still kind of talk in between the contractions. Um, we called the doula and she was listening to me on the line. She's like, okay, you know, they're kind of close together. Um, let's see if they stay like steady for the next hour close together. Um, and then they got closer. I mean, they were three minutes apart <laughs> regularly and they were very painful. Um, and it just so happened that a friend of mine, the one friend who had a home birth seven years ago, um, was in from France and having dinner across the street. <laughs> and she texted me and Gareth like, oh, I'm across the street. I, you know, I can pop in and say hi after dinner. And Gareth is like, um, Hetty's having contractions. Maybe it's a good thing. You're there. Like, can you come over? And so she came in and she was at around 10 PM and she's like, where's the doula? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think this is happening sooner than we think. And so then the doula was there in like the next 10 minutes. And, um, we were also talking to the midwife and she was listening to me. She's like, Oh, that's a good contraction. And like two minutes later I had another, she's like, Oh, like that that quickly, that close. So she was here in like 20 more minutes. And during that time they got me and they were like, let's put her in the tub to see if it will slow things down. Cause mm-hmm. sometimes water will slow it down. Um, and I was like, how am I going to get to the tub? I mean, this is a New York city apartment. Like it's not that far away. <laughs> but I was like, how am I going to make it to the tub? So the doula was like, at the end of your next contraction, we're we're going for it. So on my way to the tub, I'm taking off my clothes and, you know, the tub is already filled. My friend had filled it. And, um, I don't actually know who filled it. Maybe (laughs) Maybe it's about somebody. I was, my eyes were like closed most of the time, but, um, I got in the tub and it didn't slow things down, but it just put me, uh, like it was so nice to sit in water, like Mm -hmm. warm water. Um, and the rest, I mean, it was crazy. It, the contractions were nonstop. They were just nonstop. There were some that like I felt it end and the next one came right away. And I'm like, you know, saying to everyone, I'm like, when am I going to get the break? Where's the rest? When can I be? They're like, um, when the baby comes. You hit transition. They were just like, boom, boom. Yeah. It, 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 there was no pause. I, you know, I had a few, you know, maybe a minute in between some contractions, but it was very 
fast. And, you know, I threw up at some point. And it was funny because, again, because I knew I had done so much research about birth, I threw up and I was like, yes. You know, like I know it's close. You remember we talked about then training. I was like, like, I love training. As a doula, I'm like, transition's awesome. As a laboring woman, eh, like Like, there's vomiting, there's rectal pressure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was one point. I'm just going to be like, why not just tell the world? Like there was one point I was like, everybody out, I have to poo. And they were like, well, That's maybe just baby. push me. <laughs> and, uh, and, the, and I was like, no, no, I want to go to the toilet. And they were like, you know what? Give her privacy. It's fine. And everyone got out. I sat in the toilet. Gareth actually stayed in the bathroom with me, which I was like surprised about. And I went to the bathroom and then I got back in the tub. Like it, it was, he was like, I'm, I'm not leaving you. That baby may come out in the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> but like, I really knew what I needed. Like I needed a little privacy. I needed, I I needed to be on the toilet, you know, whatever. I, it it was amazing to be in such a primal state, but Mm -hmm. also knowing like, I'm okay. Like I wasn't scared at any point. Um, no way. I take that back. When, before the midwife got there, (laughs) when the contractions were so strong, I couldn't feel the baby move. I wasn't feeling the kicks because I guess it was just happening fast. So it's like, is he okay? Is he okay? And, um, and then Kara put the, she got there, she put the Doppler on me and we heard the heartbeat. And I was like, okay, I'm okay. Baby's okay. We're good. Um, and yeah, like, um, like the pain was, was really unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, it was so, um, just like an isolated pain. I didn't have back labor. I didn't want anyone to touch me. If anyone even put their hand on my back, it made the contractions worse, which I was like surprised about. I was ready, you know, for give me the counter pressure. I want the massage and I didn't want anything. And everyone was so amazing. They just, they just sat back and watched. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as now I understand, you know, labor really could be like that, you know, just the woman and, and her body and, and, and the support, like I needed to know that everyone was around me, but I just didn't, you know, and I would grab a hand when I needed it, but I didn't, um, I didn't need any hands on anything. Um, and it, I love that. I just, you know, yeah. you've heard, you've worked with me enough to know, like I call yeah. it your birth posse and where yeah. they circle the wagons to give you that space. So when you need mm-hmm. them, you grab them. And when you don't, yeah. they're just holding that space mm-hmm. for you. It is yeah. one of the most beautiful, open, sharing, vulnerable moments when it really comes to just, it's almost like time is suspended. That's how I always felt as a doula yeah. is that. I could look up an hour's past because we're just all there in this time suspended moment. It's, <laughs> it's a oh, bubble. Lo- it's I'm a literally like, my bubble. heart's like, <laughs> I know. To this. And like, I mean, I had no idea what, how much time was passing. I, it, the funny kind of funny thing is, so even though I knew things were progressing quickly, like I never, you, you still don't know like how long is the pushing stage going to be. Right. Mm-hmm. So, cause I've heard, it could be four hours. And so Isabel, who my friend who was there, who had the home birth, her labor was uh, 30 hours, very similar to your very long. <laughs> so every time I would open my eyes and see her, I basically just saw like 30 hours written <laughs> on her forehead. And I'm like, and I'm, I'm like, oh God. And so I said, I would say to the midwife and the, I'm like, how much longer is this? How much longer? And they're like, they didn't want to give me a time because who it's, knows yeah. really. You, and so they were like, 
like, you're doing great. You're doing great. You know, just, just keep doing what you're doing. So they, they were, they were good at managing my expectations. Um, but then, right. I, I felt the transition, which was like, this was, I think the craziest part. Um, and what I didn't really fully understand from the reading is that the pushing stage isn't you necessarily pushing it's your body that starts to push it's like expels your baby yes like my sounds went from like you know low like groans to like growls I was like like you know it was so animalistic that I was shocking myself that I could even make these sounds because honestly like it took me years to even ohm as a yoga teacher. Like I am not like a loud vocal, you know, express. And so it just came, like those sounds came out. I'm like, oh my God, like my body is going to push this baby out no matter what. Like, Remember my saying open throat, open vagina. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, Deb, you were there. You were like right in the room with me. I, oh my God. And I'm I was, so <laughs> proud of you. You owned your voice. Yes. I did. I, it was so wild. And so then it was around this time where Kara asked me like, do you want me to, to see if I can feel the baby's head? Like, it was amazing that she asked, you know, I, from what I know, like in a hospital, they would pretty much just go right in. And she, like, I hadn't been checked. She didn't check me to see how far dilated I was, not once. And because why, like, why would they need to check me when like, I'm obviously in labor? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm obvious this and you're making progress. Come. They can see through making your progress. emotional signposts, the way your body's yeah. moving, the yeah. sounds you're making. Yeah. And like they, you know, for them, they were, they weren't like, we're on it. They would have been there for the next 20 hours if need be. Like they weren't, you know, they had their snacks. They, you know, <laughs> they were good to go. Um, there was a point where I was like, Ooh, like, are they like my conscious brain came in my like already nurturing. I'm like, are they going to be okay? Like if this goes long and then I'm like, forget, forget about them. <laughs> this is about me. But, um, so she asked if she wanted, if she, if I wanted her to check to see if, if she can feel the head, she's like, it may help, you know, help the, this move along. Like, you know, and so I was like, okay, I asked it, will it hurt? She says, no. And she, so gently, she was so gentle and she put her fingers in and she felt the baby's head. Um, and she was like, it may help if you feel it yourself. And I was like, okay. And I stuck my fingers in and I felt the top, the crown of his head. Like, and it did help. I was like, wow, this is happening. Cause it was very hard for me to visualize the baby actually coming out, you know, mm-hmm. like, even though I knew it was going to happen, I couldn't really picture this, <laughs> this like little human coming out, but I felt him and it was real and it was going to happen. Um, and there was one point during the pushing. So the pushing stage for me was maybe 45 minutes. And at one point, Kara said, if you want, if you can, if you stand up and sit back down, it may also move things along. And I was like, stand up? Like, what? No way. And But I did it. I just, you know, I was in pain. I wanted it to be over, you know, on, on some level. And I stood up and I sat back down really quick. And it, it really did move things along. Um probably in the next 15 minutes, uh, the head popped out. <laughs> and it was funny because I was like, when, like, when is the head going to come? And they were like, well, what do you feel? I'm like, if I still feel like I have to poop. And they're like, not yet. 
like, <laughs> when you feel the ring of fire, you know, that the head's going to come. And then this, the sensation shifted. It was burning and, and the head came out and the head came out like underwater, <laughs> like, and it was underwater until the next few contractions were like, he was breathing underwater. It was, and Gareth was there. He felt the head come like just hanging out of me. It was wild. And you know, the next few pushes, the next few contractions, there came river. <laughs> oh, oh my God. I got chills. I didn't it know was. you did it in the water. That is. Yes. <sighs> I didn't know I was going to, you know, it, it just happened. And we had the name river picked out, um, before. So it was very appropriate, you know, that, uh, that, that he would be born in water. And this, oh, this, you'll find this interesting. When I was con- having contractions, this is before the pushing stage. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty much in a squat the whole time, like not, not a squat, kneeling and mm-hmm. leaning over the tub. And when I would have a contraction, I would kind of like, I don't know, be on my side a little bit, like stretch out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, um, you know, and at some point there, you know, I was like, this is so painful. Like, what, what can I do? And they were like, look, you can try another position. You can try to go on your back. The next contraction came, I laid on my back and it was like a thousand times worse. And I was like, how in the world, like, why do they put women on their backs in hospitals? Like, I'm just glad that I felt that just to see how bad it is to be on your back and, um, or just how much better it is when you have freedom to move, Mm. you know? Um, and and I, yeah. So I like that you said that because (laughs) If someone has the opportunity to not birth on their back, it's for many, you know, some people might be fine. I remember I was, um, I did transition in the shower and then they made me come out of the shower because I guess they could tell I was ready and they brought me to, (laughs) they brought me to the bed. And as soon as I laid down, I literally was like, there, get me off Mm -hmm. my back. Like it's just my whole body. went from tolerable, tolerable to like, get me exactly. off my back. Um, that, and then, like, and then she no. came out literally within moments. Um, wow. But it's interesting if we give our body the permission to move how we want and the space to like, you got to do what you got to do. A mm-hmm. lot of people have that response like, this is more painful. So yeah. Um, yeah. just for those listening, just keeping in mind that you have options and, you know, being yes. on your back may not be best for you. And if it doesn't feel good, you know, let's look for something else. So thank you for yeah. bringing that up. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I was squatting when, when he came out, I was like full on in a squat. I, I was in a squat. I may, I have to look back at the pictures. I may actually have had one leg a little bit out like mm-hmm. to the side, but it was definitely like in a squat position. Um, oh my God. I like, I I like, I haven't told the story in a while. So it's like giving me chills, like (laughs) thinking back to it and like, oh my God, like just having him on my chest, you know, in the tub and the whole tub at that point was like just a tub of red, you know, (laughs) I felt it was like biblical (laughs) sitting in like the Red Sea with this like child on me connected by the umbilical. It was so wild. And what was crazy is that like, and I kept saying like, I like, I didn't cry when he was born and I actually didn't cry. I think for like two or three days. And I kept saying to Kara, I was like, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I not crying? She's like, 
wait until day three. (laughs) It's like right now your adrenaline is soaring through your body. Like wait until day three. And she showed up on day three to check me out. And I opened the door, like the floodgates had opened. I was just like, like bawling nonstop. And it wasn't, it wasn't just a, any particular reason. Like there were many things, but it was just the hormones like releasing, you know, in, from, in the form of tears. Um, but yeah, like it was, it was wild. And, and like after he was born, you know, the, after a while, like I jumped in the shower just to watch, wash up. Well, didn't jump. <laughs> I walked <laughs> very slowly and carefully to the shower, wash off, got to the bed, you know, they put the whole like diaper on me and, um, and, you know, they weighed him on the bed with like the old school little, Uh, so cool. Like, you know, I was like, just like in call the midwives, you know? Um, and you know, they, he, they helped him latch and, um, you know, a few hours later, everything was cleaned up and they, they said goodbye. Actually, we opened up a bottle of champagne at like four in the morning. (laughs) Everyone had a little sip and then they left. And, um, that was, that was really wild. Like laying in the bed, me and Gareth and River in between us. And Gareth and I looked at each other. We were like, who is this little guy? Like, what the heck are we supposed to do right now? It was so crazy. Like just being left alone, you know, after that, very powerful experience. You're just like, now what do we do? (laughs) What, you know, and luckily, you know, newborns right out of the womb, they'll sleep a lot. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they don't really need to eat right away. And so, you know, he just slept and we took turns kind of dozing in and out and watching him. And, um, it was, it was baby. (laughs) I just had a baby. And honestly, like, I felt like uh, I, I felt very, proud. I, I did. I, I was like, I am like proud lion. I did it. I pushed this baby out, you know, and, you know, because even through all the, the 40 weeks and five days, like there's always that little voice in, in the back of my head that I was trying to, you know, quiet down, like, you know, you're crazy <laughs> that, that you're crazy. You're going to want drugs like that. There was that voice. And I was just like, shh, 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 you know, I'll be fine. Like we've been doing this since the beginning of time. Like if the cave women can do it, I can do it. You know? See, I think it's um, so important to own that because I've heard yeah. people say like, um, Oh, you shouldn't, you know, just cause you had a natural birth doesn't make you, and it's not that it makes anyone any better, but if someone ran a no. marathon, they wouldn't yeah. be able, and they were like, I'm so proud of myself. They wouldn't yeah. be like, well, that's dumb. Why are you proud of yourself? Like right. you should be proud of yourself. You went through something that was hugely intense mm-hmm. and you should take ownership of being proud. Yeah. So I'm mm-hmm. thrilled that you're saying that because sometimes there's yeah. some pushback about saying, I'm really proud that I was able to do this. So yeah, yeah we yeah. wouldn't say like, oh, you got your PhD. So what? Like you're proud of yourself. Right. Like, <laughs> you yeah. did something that was huge huge and honestly like I'm proud of every woman who has a baby (laughs) like no matter how (laughs) that baby comes out like holy I mean I I want to curse right now like you can't holy crazy whatever you want to say (laughs) it is intense and you know if I was in a hospital I probably would have wanted the drugs you know like I I it is so intense and if you're in a hospital, if you're in a home, if you're in a birth center, no matter what, if it's vaginal, if it's C-section, it is 
hard, hard work, no matter what, emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, the whole thing. You're making that huge transition. And so I'm proud of every woman and (laughs) I am proud of myself too, you know? Yeah. It's, it's big. Just having a baby, it's big. It's really big. So (laughs) as you're looking through this and as your parenthood is unfolding, was there Mm -hmm. anything that really surprised you, whether it be from the birth or immediate postpartum or even three months out? Is there anything that are like, holy crazy, I Mm. had no idea this was going to happen? Well, okay. So the first, holy crap, like I had no idea, was (laughs) the business of birth. I did not know about that and how complicated it is to really get what you want if you know what you want. <laughs> like if you don't know, whatever, then it's easy. Just listen to what everyone has to say and they check you a thousand times for dilation, you know, probe you and whatever, you know, jug you up like, but if you don't know, you don't know. Great. Um, but if you do know what you want, it is a lot of work to advocate for yourself, um, to get what you want. So, okay. That was the big, <laughs> that was big. Um, and then the other part was really the postpartum <laughs> that I did not have any idea <laughs> what, what after the birth would be like, cause really I didn't read any of the postpartum books. <laughs> I knew everything about pregnancy, the anatomy, the physiology, the, you know, the uh, throwing up all that stuff. Like I knew that stuff back and front. I did not know anything about like once the baby was here, like what it would be like, um, how to take care of a newborn baby. So go take listeners, go take that newborn (laughs) baby class. I, that is one thing I wish that Gareth and I had done. And I don't know, maybe it would have been helpful, maybe not, but I think it, it would have given us just some tools to work with. How do you swaddle a baby? Like, I have no idea. Um, like, and then really just, I don't even know if you can be prepared for the, the emotional, like whirlwind that, that you're going to go through. Cause really, how can you prepare yourself for emotions? Like they, it's a lot. Like once the floodgates open, I cried for, I would say a couple weeks, you know? Um, and again, it wasn't like my life, it wasn't, like, woe is me tears. Some, some of it was, some of it was like, oh my God, what did I do? (laughs) And then some of it was like, I'm so in love that I don't even know how to handle this. Um, so yeah, that was, that was pretty shocking. Um, I, I'm, I'm coming out of that, the, the darkness of it now, (laughs) you know, I, I feel a lot brighter and lighter. Um, Especially yeah, now first that, 12 yeah. weeks are, are serious. You know, we call it the fourth trimester. Um, I actually yeah. have a few podcasts about preparing for that. And again, how does one prepare? But it's more like mm. setting up, oh, I think it was um, Evelyn Gamma. She's a therapist, talked about like kind of check-ins, like emotional check-ins for mm-hmm. you as the as the new parent and then your posse, how can they check in and then having set up, if you do just need more support, what does that look like? You know, so yeah. having that mental space already cleared a little bit, cause there is nothing <clears throat> that you can read all the books. You can talk to everyone, 
but each person's birth is different. Each person's passage in that matrescence of passage yes. into motherhood is different. We all carry different baggage and different ideas of what motherhood is and letting mm-hmm. go of that. And so there's no preparation, but we can try to have support ready for, yeah. oh, and, for and, whatever and, and, we need. Yeah. Like everyone's physical recovery is oh, going to be different. Yeah. Like, oh my, like, and so, yes. And actually I, I listened to I think I listened to all your podcasts before I had the baby. I'm telling you, I didn't, I, that was, I felt like that was my, my full-time job (laughs) was like reading about birth and all your podcasts, all that stuff. But there was one that I loved about the transition to motherhood that, that definitely resonated. It, It probably resonated more now, but it, it helped me realize like there, it's a big, like it's a rite of passage. Um, and it's bumpy. And it's bumpy and transitions tend to be bumpy, you know? Um, And so like, even though it was an emotional craze, um, I knew that it was normal. Mm -hmm. So that, that helped. Like it was okay. I was okay. I, you know, that it was okay that I was crying every day, that I was emotional, um, that it wouldn't last forever. So having that, um, alongside the tears was, was important. Like knowing that it was, that this is part of it. So, um, yeah, (laughs) that Um, was, but it was still like, whoa, I, Ooh, it, it, it definitely. And you're in three months from, I mean, river's only three months and in three months from now, you're going to look back and be like, holy crazy for six months. Like there's just these, you know, as he changes and goes from, I mean, at three months are still very much, you know, a little tiny infant, you know, and then at six months, you know, like working on crawling and then sitting Mm -hmm. up like, you know, so there'll be these different ups and downs still. But I think, I do think you're coming out of what is likely the toughest. So yeah, Yeah. it's a big, (laughs) big exhale, big exhale. Um, So we're going to take a little break and we come back. I want to ask you, what was one thing you wish someone had told you before birth or motherhood and then a piece of advice and then where can people find us? We're going to take a quick break. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. <laughs> All right. So what is one thing you wish someone had told you before birth or motherhood? <sighs> okay. So... Again, like, like we were saying, every, everybody's experience is so different. So, and everyone's baby is so different. Um, one thing it, looking back, like what I would have done different, what I would advise, um, pregnant women to do is really plan out and set up your support, um, for the first like week or two postpartum, um, and I, I kind of had it, but not really. Like I would have, if I were to do it different, I would have had one or two people come over like a few weeks before I had 
my baby and I would be like, this is how I do the laundry. This is where all the dishes are. This is the food I like to eat. These are the groceries that we need. And it's not just like, it's not just me. It's also your partner that needs to be taken care of, you know, especially like in this a little bit gender role, you know, but like, yeah, like usually the the mother, the woman is more of like the nurturer, you know, the the person who will like, I, I don't know, in my household with me and Gareth, like I take care of the bellies, you know, <laughs> I take care of what goes in the bellies and I couldn't do that. Like there was no <laughs> taking care of bellies and we really both needed to be nurtured. Um, and we had, you know, family friends come by and, you know, bring us food and yes, that happened. But to have someone um, really know like how you like to be taken care of, like where things are in your apartment, because you don't really want to be directing people. Mm-hmm. Those first few, like, you don't want to tell people, this is how to do the laundry. This is where the toilet paper is. Like, you just want someone to come in and do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no questions. Um, so pl- really strategically plan your did you postpartum have a postpartum doula? I didn't. And I wish I did. I really wish I did. I don't know why I didn't set that up. There was a little bit of like, oh, I think I'll be okay. I, cause I didn't know. Yeah. But I, I wish I like really listened to the, you know, to the people that were like, that's a good idea. And maybe it wasn't really that, you know, dug into me. Like it didn't, I don't know. I, I, maybe if someone pushed it a little bit more, um, but it, it's, I, you know, I take responsibility too. It's not like other people can make me get it. Like, um, I could be stubborn, you know, <laughs> just like, no, 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 I got this. I got this. How hard could it be? It's hard. It's really, especially really recovering. Hard. If you, You're especially so like you had this, you know, you, you didn't have, it sounds like a lot of physical trauma, but someone may come home with the cesarean. They yes. are not getting up and moving around. I had some oh, really yeah. strong pelvic floor stuff after. Right. I was not getting up, moving around. So it made things no. really challenging. Like if you have a tear, like it hurts. Like you're bleeding for days, for weeks, for, I mean, there's a lot going on and you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, yes, adrenaline helps in the first few days, but then it hits you. Like you are tired. You just you need help, you know, and, you know, you're, I think evolutionarily speaking, if that's a word, like you really do, like the mom has to like, let go of taking care of herself in the beginning to, to make sure this baby survives. But that is why you need someone to take care of the mother. Yeah. Like 100%, the mom needs to be taken care of. Um, I think I want to just say it again, 100%. The mom needs to be taken care of. And Mm -hmm. I think you said it like a lot of people like, oh, how bad can it be? Mm. The mom (laughs) needs to be taken care of. So Mm -hmm. just, I'm going to get in my soapbox just a little bit. So if you're out there and you're like, I can do it, Mm. find a friend. Maybe, you know, hiring a postpartum doula is not in your budget. So find a friend, find Mm -hmm. a relative because it's it really can lead to physical exhaustion, which can really, we know there's a link with postpartum depression. So find someone. The mama needs love. And I'm telling you, like, it was offered to me, like, I'll say, I'll say, I'll say. And I'm like, no, 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 I got this. I got this. I was being stubborn and I, I wish I wasn't. I wish I didn't be, I wish I wasn't acting. I wish I didn't act like that because it would have been, it would have been a game changer yeah. to have that help. Um, 
But thank but you it's for okay, sharing you know? that. So yeah, we got through it. <laughs> we got through it. And and again, and don't rely on your partner to be the caretaker because they also need to be cared for. Yeah. They do. They're, they're, they, even if they didn't push the baby out, like they are also going through a huge transition. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't rely on them for the things that really you both need. Yeah, it takes a village. So what is one piece of advice you want to pass along to new and expectant parents? Oh, (laughs) Um, you know, maybe, yeah, this is actually something I was thinking about. Like, take those first few days, like, I I was on my phone, like, texting people pictures and I was like, it's like, Oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Like, look at this beautiful boy. Like I responded to every email, every text at the beginning. I couldn't even believe like, but I think I was like wired and like on some crazy high that I had this energy to do that. But really (laughs) I should have used that energy for, for other stuff. But like, and actually it wasn't even energy. Like I should have been resting. I really should have been resting and I didn't rest enough at the, when he was born. Um, I was reading a book, I can't remember, but where, uh, they said for the first 40 days in certain cultures, they will confine the mom. They'll take away books, phones, computers. They are not even allowed to read. I know. I'm like, what would I do? I I'm such an avid reader. I'm like, you're taking away my books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because what is the mom supposed to do? She's supposed to sleep when, when she can. And like, I didn't, I wasn't doing that. And so it just, and then it hit me and it, you know, it, it, it was hard. Like I was exhausted. I was emotional and I was responding to every single (laughs) text. So I would have put like a, uh, kind of like a do not disturb Mm -hmm. on my, on my email. Like I'll get back to you in two weeks, like give yourself a couple weeks to to start responding to people. And I just would have not responded to texts. (laughs) I think that's great advice because it's hard. Like we get caught up in everything when announced, but that is Excellent. Cause you know, everyone's going to be there in a couple weeks. Yeah. So I, you know, yeah. I love that advice. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Take that time, rest and be with your baby and you know, yeah. <laughs> so you are also a yoga teacher. So yes. when you also just putting this out there, so not discreetly, when you're ready to start subbing again, let me know. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> now that I know that, I think you're. I believe you're starting to come back to that world. So yes. where can people find your work? So I I teach my group classes like my permanent regular classes at a studio called Reflections Reflections Center for Conscious Living and Yoga and that's on twenty fourth uh, between second and third. Um, I'm actually starting to teach two classes next week and it will be um, a senior class and a, a basic yoga class. Um, Are you really excited to get back to that? That what? Are you Are excited what? to get back to that? I am. I am. And I've been to the studio a few times since, like three times. And when I see people, oh my God, they're like, I've got, I I get a thousand hugs going in. And, um, I actually brought River one day (laughs) to the studio after a class and all these like students of mine, like came out of the class and they were like, 
so excited. And um, so I teach two classes there. I'll, I'll start next week. And um, I have a website. It's movementandyoga.com. And I do do like a lot of um, little videos. And I'm now starting to do stuff that's uh, more related to postpartum. Like I did a whole little uh, wrist video um, that I think could be helpful for some moms. And um that's I'm gonna start off really slow. So that's that's where they can find me. And then maybe oh. listeners, maybe we can get Hedy yeah. coming up to Upper West Side and doing a little yeah. subbing up there. <laughs> yeah, I definitely will will sub when I can up there. Um and I would love soon, maybe in the spring, to start at Reflections a um uh mommy baby class. So what I'm gonna do is go take the mommy baby class at prenatal yoga center for a while, um, and just like learn, you know some stuff and then I can take it to my neighborhood. Um, but I'm this Thursday, I'm planning on going to Capice's class with oh, River. Right. Yeah. Yay. Yay. yeah, I love the class. I love the prenatal yoga center classes. It was, they were amazing during the pregnancy. And, um, I learned so much from you guys. You were such an amazing Thank support. You. So, Thank you. Uh, oh yeah. Well, it feels so special because literally yeah, I remember, I, I remember being upstairs in my, my room and you're like, I'm pregnant. You're the first that knows. I'm like, Oh my God. So just, <laughs> just seeing this full circle. Um, it's just amazing yeah. to see you glow like this and to have mm-hmm. had played the tiniest role. And this just feels so um, special and I'm deeply yeah. honored. So thank you. You're welcome. I mean, you play, you played a huge role and, and just all that you do and all that, I mean, the podcast, the research that you put out there, the classes that you teach, it's really, really important for women. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Well, on that very kind and, and I'm getting a little shy about all that. <laughs> I'm a little humbling. Be proud. Um, be proud. Okay. I'm going to say goodbye. Thank you so okay. much, Eddie. Be well. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you. Bye. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.